0: Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well out there today. I'm going to talk about how the devil would beat us if we were him. How would we beat the church if we were the devil? And I know that's a really strange question to ask and it's nothing we'll probably ever do again, but I've watched sports. And it wouldn't surprise you when you're watching sports that uh, before the sporting game actually happens, there's training and practice and conversations about how to beat your opponent. Uh, Most athletes don't just go out and say, I just want to play really well and I'm satisfied with that no matter if we win or lose. No. The goal is to beat your opponent in sports. And again, I'm not teaching you anything profound, but that's an interesting foundation for what I want to talk about today. Because the devil, our enemy, has a strategy. And his strategy is not only to impact us and inflict harm upon us. He wants to beat us. He wants to destroy us. And his goal is very clear. And the scriptures told us that's his goal. So we need to understand that about the devil, that he's not just looking to get in the way or bother us or annoy us, be obnoxious. He doesn't care about any of that. He wants to defeat us and destroy us so that none of us get to the kingdom of God. So I want to look at it from this angle, is how would he beat us? If that was his goal, and it is his goal, how would he defeat us? What kinds of strategies would he have and does he have in order to defeat us? And I want to look at it from this angle. Because scripture makes this very clear. We talked about this this past Sunday in Matthew. It says, the devil can't beat the church. Jesus says, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we've been told, cut and dry... The devil cannot beat the unified church against him. Okay, so if that's clear, then our strategy is very, very simple. We have to stay unified against evil, follow our Lord Jesus, and walk in love. If the church does that, if we are unified against evil, against the devil, because we have a strategy too, our strategy is to defeat him as well. It's a fight to the death. If we're unified against evil, if we're following our Lord Jesus, and if we're walking in love, we've been guaranteed victory. Okay, so the devil is not concerned. He knows that too. He knows that strategy is is a winning strategy. He knows it's going to work. So his, his strategy is not to upset that equation because he knows that's running in place. That wouldn't really accomplish anything. What he wants to do is upset how we function according to that strategy and and this is how I want to describe it today. I've been hearing a lot and I'm sure you're hearing a lot in the news about um, things that 2020 is bringing us you know COVID-19 and racial injustice all kinds of things you know it's a a political election year and so there's a lot of things going on and you can't turn it off and there's a lot of bad things it's a lot of dark things going on and It is a little ironic that we call ourselves the United States of America, and it seems that we're more divided than maybe we've ever been, at least since the Civil War. But we call ourselves the United States of America. That must look rather silly to the rest of the world, especially our enemies, when we call ourselves the United States of America and we're we're so divided, we're so against each other. And I told you my promise, my goal is not to talk about politics today, but I'm setting again foundation for strategy. Because the devil cannot beat the unified church who's walking in love, following Jesus and unified against evil. He can't defeat that. So he's got to get in the way. He's got to upset that strategy so that we don't win against him. And this is how he wants he's gonna do it. Number one, he's gotta divide the church. And I told you, in our nation, there's so much division. And I've, I've seen a lot of division in the news. And sadly, I think I've seen a lot of division in the church. He has to divide us. He knows that if, if we're not unified, he wins. It's that simple. If he divides the church, he wins. It doesn't matter if our intentions are good. It doesn't matter if we desire to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter if we're committed to love. If he divides us... If he separates us, you hope, you've heard the old adage, divide and conquer, right? That's what he's doing. If he can do that, he wins. It's that simple. So he has to divide us. He has to get in the way of our unity and our togetherness. And you can tell that's that's a big issue in America right now. Division. And I'm sure when we're divided in America, just like we are in the church, we're the weakest we possibly could be. If, if outside enemies want to attack us, now would be the time because we can't even get along we can't even get on the same page and and in the church this happens if he can divide the church if he can make it about issues find issues that we disagree on and highlight those issues and make those issues really big deal and then and then we look at our church members as if they're enemies as if they're opposite instead of team members instead of family instead of walking arm in arm against each other that's all he has to do and I think he starts there, and I think he's doing a bang-up job at it recently, is he's, he's getting in the way with issues. And if these issues were, you know, fundamental doctrinal issues, I'll say this, they're still not big enough to divide us. We need to work them through. We need to work them out. Okay, if we really do believe in Jesus, all of us in the church, and we have that foundation, even if there are big doctrinal issues we have with each other, that's still not a justification to separate to leave each other, to fight with each other. What we need to do is sit down, pray, talk about it, discuss it, look at Scripture together, and and, and try to come to an agreement according to what the Bible says so that we can stay unified. Because all we have to do is is be divided and we lose. But the devil has to get in the way with with issues. And he's got to highlight those issues and make those issues really big deals so that we look at those issues and go, yeah, I can't get over that, I can't get past that. I can't believe this person did that or said that or thinks this way. Therefore, they're not my brother or sister anymore. And we might feel quite justified to say, yeah, we're right and they're wrong. But the devil's laughing at us. He is because he, he, he's dividing us. And when he divides us, we, we are weakened. We're weakened and he can pick us apart. And he can basically do whatever he wants to us because we have not been promised victory over the devil separated or divided. Another one that I don't have a lot of time to talk about is I I think the devil for a long, long time has noticed that the strength, according to roles, and I'm not talking about value here, according to the roles that God has given us, the strength in the church is in the leadership. Okay, the leadership. If you take down the leaders, which God has said, I want the men to be the leaders, and please hear me, I'm not talking about value here, I'm talking about the roles. If the devil attacks the leadership, if he weakens the leadership, he takes everybody down. So he doesn't necessarily have to focus on every single church member. What he has to do is he has to corrupt the leaders. He has to attack them. And because if he attacks the leaders and gets the head, the body dies. So that's the devil's strategy. He has to divide the church. One of the things he wants to do is is find issues we disagree on, highlight those issues, make those issues really big deal, get us to focus on the issues instead of working together. And he doesn't have to do anything else. And or attack the leadership attack people like pastors like myself and, and get them attack them weaken them get them about sin or about anxiety or about whatever corrupt the leaders and you get everybody else so that's a strategy number one he has to d- divide us it doesn't matter again if we're uh and our intentions are good and following jesus and want to walk in love if we are divided it does not matter okay One or two or three of us, if we're all saying, yes, yes, we want to follow the Lord Jesus, but we can't get along with the rest of our church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We have to have everybody. We have to be focused, so set on unity that we work really, really hard at it. That it's so brutally hard to separate us that even issues that seemingly are big. They're not big enough to divide us because we're willing to work through them. We're willing to sit down with each other. We're willing to listen to each other. We're willing to pray with each other. We're willing to look at the scriptures together because we're saying, no, we're staying together. And honestly, that's what marriages should be too. Marriages should be able to say that instead of going, well, I can't believe they did that. Or I can't believe they think this way. Or I can't believe they're not focused on the same things that I am. So bye. I'm going to divorce you. See you later. I'm going to go find someone better. Instead of going, wait a minute, you're my wife, you're my spouse, you're my husband. I'm going to work through this with you. We're a team. We're going to stay together. We're no good separated. we got to help each other. So that's number one. Number two is he's got to blur evil. He has to blur what evil is and what good it is. Okay, so say in this, in this strategy, we're really focused on unity. And there are some who are really focused on unity. And... They're really about togetherness, and that's valid. That's, that's honorable. But the devil will go, okay, I see that you're focused on unity. I see that you're, you're, you're over that hurdle. You got that one figured out. But now what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to blur the idea of what evil and good is. Because if I can blur the idea of what evil is and what good is, it doesn't matter if you're unified if you're not unified for the right things. So the devil's going to, in his strategy, he's going to call good things evil and he's going to call evil things good. He's simply going to turn the tables on us. Because if he can do that, again, it doesn't matter if we're unified. If the things that the Bible says look like evil, and the things that the world is propping up look like good, and we're unified, but we're all unified on the wrong agenda, for the world's agenda, we're listening to media reports, we're listening to the politicians, we're listening to Facebook, instead of listening to Scripture... Does unity matter? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're not unified for the right things. We not only need to be unified, we need to be united in truth, walking in truth together. So if he can't divide us, and honestly, hes I think he's doing a bang-up job at that right now, so we need to turn the tables on him as far as unity goes. But his next attack would be, let's blur what evil is and let's blur what good is. And he's doing both right now. He's dividing us and he's getting us to focus on the things that the world's propping up and he's getting us to neglect the things that Jesus props up. And he's, he's simply calling evil good and good evil. And therefore going, go ahead, be unified. I don't care if you're unified. Stay unified. Stay arm in arm as long as you're focused on the wrong things. If you're focused on the wrong things and you're unified, actually you're what you're going to be doing is you're going to be enhancing the kingdom of darkness. You're actually going to be unified for my goals. So I. unity doesn't bother the devil as long as we're unified for the wrong things. So that is why we need to be crystal clear in what Jesus says. We need to be so clear in what the scripture teaches. The commandments of God need to resonate in our mind every single day. Otherwise, unity just does not matter. We're all spinning our wheels. And that's the second thing he's got to do is blur evil and blur good. Third thing, let's say we're unified. Okay, let's say we're... We, have the right intentions to listen to scripture, but little by little, the devil is devaluing our Lord Jesus, okay? And you might think, well, how does this happen? I mean, if we're focused on the right things, if we're focused on scripture, devaluing Jesus probably can't happen. Well, that's not true because there are entire denominations that are unified, focused on unity, focused on doing the right things and including the Bible in that discussion. But... Jesus Christ has been devalued. He's been knocked down off his pedestal, off his throne. He's no longer number one. He's in the mix somewhere, or he's not in the picture at all. Suddenly it's about Mary, or it's about other prophets or other saints. And Jesus is kind of there. He's he's in the mix. He's on the same team, but he's been devalued. He's been knocked off his throne. Once again, that's the devil's strategy. If he can take the Lord Jesus down as the focus, unity does not hurt him. And even an intention to do the right things does not hurt him. Because if the Lord is not on his throne in our lives and our souls, it does not matter. Okay? Religion without Jesus as the head is useless against the kingdom of darkness. If Jesus Christ is not Lord of all creation, Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, we submit to him in every wish and every demand that he has. Unity doesn't matter, and an intention for the right things does not matter. Jesus has to remain Lord of lords, King of kings, Savior of the world. And there is no other, there is no rival, there is no equal. He is holy, and no one can rival our Lord Jesus. But that's another strategy the devil would use to say, well, look, they want unity. They want the right things. Okay, so let's devalue Jesus. Let's make Jesus Christ seem like he's good. Okay, we don't want to be too uh, blatant with our attacks. So we're not going to make him look like he's evil. We just want to knock him down a few pedestals. We just want to make Jesus Christ not Lord of all creation. So how would we do that? Well, we highlight these other saints. We highlight these other prophets. We make them look very, very similar If you remember the transfiguration when Jesus transfigured on the mountain, um, Peter, who, who was a godly man who finished really, really strong and is really a hero of the faith, Peter got this confused. And the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appear in like a vision. So Jesus is there. Now Moses and Elijah are there. And Peter's seeing this going, oh my word. I mean, we have three of the highest, godliest men that have ever walked on this earth together. And then he says, why don't we make three tents? And then we'll all spend the night together and have this little sleepover. Jesus will have one. Moses will have one. Elijah will have one because they're all kind of the same, right? And right then, a voice comes down from heaven and it says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And what was God doing? He was setting Jesus apart from even Moses and even Elijah to say he is not like Moses. Moses. He is not like Elijah. He is holy. He is much, much higher. Those two people, although they are godly men, they have godly legacies, they are in the kingdom of God, they serve him. They bow to Jesus. Don't mix that up, Peter. Really bad things will come from it if Jesus is not at the head. So that's the third strategy of the devil. And the fourth one, let's say we're unified. Okay, let's say we're focused on doing the right things. We're we're about truth, okay? And we know what truth is. We got our doctrine correct. And so we're unified. We got truth in order. And now Jesus is still at the head, okay? We're doing really well. And you don't see a lot of this, unfortunately. But let's say we were unified, about truth. Jesus Christ is the head. But remember, the last one is we need to walk in love. We need to walk in love. And I've actually seen this one too. I've seen unity, togetherness be important. I've seen truth be important. I've seen Jesus Christ be exalted and propped up to where he expects and demands to be. But then I see love, not a big deal. Or maybe the the definition of love is changed. And suddenly love isn't what God calls love. And again, if the devil can change love, if he can get us to neglect love... (laughs) And scripture teaches us this. I mean, it says this in Revelation to one of the churches. He says, you left. You lost the love you had at first. Repent and turn back. Because these people were unified. They were about truth. They kept Jesus where he belonged. But they had lost the love. They weren't about the things that Jesus was about. They weren't focused on loving the Lord and loving others as they loved themselves. Okay, truth without love. I mean, that one's really a slippery slope because truth and love are a team and for some reason the devil loves to divide those two and make some people about truth and some people about love and the ones who are about love look at the ones about truth in judgment and then the ones who are about truth look at the ones that are about love and judgment and go, oh man, you guys don't have the right thing. But the the devil's doing a bang-up job at separating truth and love when they were never supposed to be separated. They're a team. And so here's the devil's strategy. Divide us, blur evil or blur good, devalue Jesus Christ, or change the definition of love, or get us to neglect to walk in love. If he does any one of those four, that's all he has to do to win. If we aren't unified against evil, following Jesus, and walking in love, we cannot defeat the devil. We have to be four for four. And I want us to search our lives today to say, are we are we really working hard at unity and I'm a pastor that's that's my job is to set that model okay unity has to be really important for pastors and we have to set that model but the church people got to jump on board and say I'm in I'm in this is crucial this is crucial to the kingdom of god this is crucial to my own soul I'm in I'm invested I will do whatever the church says whatever they're doing I'm going to get behind okay so we got to be unified number 2 Don't let the media, don't let the social media dictate what good is and what evil is, okay? Don't get your messages from anywhere else except scripture. And I know it's a lot easier to log on. People even do that anymore. You don't log on. You just go onto Facebook. (laughs) Log on's an old term, but um, you don't even do that anymore, right? Right? you don't even listen to scripture anymore. You just, I, here's what I see more than anything. And I've, I've fallen into this trap as well as we simply, we let the media tell us, or we let even Christians on social media tell us. And we take a shortcut to the scripture and suddenly we're not focused on scripture anymore because that's harder. It takes discipline and, you know, it takes prayer. It takes note-taking. It takes sitting alone with the Lord. It takes a lot of wrestling with things that Are difficult to think about. So the shortcut is to listen to someone's sermon or go online and see what Christians have to say or go on the media and see what they have to say. And as soon as that happens, evil is good and good is evil and everything's flip-flopped. Everything's backward and unity doesn't matter. So are you disciplined to search out scripture like it is the most important thing? Number three, is Jesus the head? I'm I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you would say, absolutely, he's my head, he's the Lord, but be very careful that Jesus Christ is your priority. He is the one you think about. He is the one you serve. He is the one you worship, not a pastor, not a church, okay? Not a religion, not a denomination, not another saint or another prophet. The Lord Jesus Christ has to remain number one at all times. And number four, Are you neglecting love? Are you neglecting to love your neighbor? Seriously. For the needs that are present around you, are you seeking to meet those needs? Because if we aren't, unity doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Jesus being the head doesn't even matter. If we're not willing to do what Jesus told us to do, walk in love, or the way he put it, love one another as I have loved you. And how did Jesus love us? He sacrificed. He gave up his entire body so that we could have life. He saw the need, he met the need no matter what the cost was. And I hope this is an encouragement to you today to to go on the offense against the devil because we should have a strategy against fighting him and this is how we this is how we do it. We talk about these things, we focus on these things, we get after these things and he loses. Unity, truth, Christ glorification, Christ exaltation, and walking in sacrificial love. Look at your life. Gauge your life in those things. Work at those things every single day. And if we do, and when we do, guys, we're going to win. It's a guarantee. And the devil, he will hate this conversation because he knows that if we do this properly and we're all set our minds on the right things, he's in big, big trouble. I hope this is a blessing to you. Thanks for tuning in work at this really hard for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.